Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Steve Ruggiero who is the National Director of Catalyze Change and the Senior Minister of Sydenham Baptist Church in Victoria. We are going to talk about the fact that change is needed in mission and evangelism. Welcome to you, Steve. Hi, Tina. Good to be here. It is great to have you along. Steve, tell us a little bit about Catalyze Change. Can you sum up what the organisation actually does? Uh, Catalyze Change uh, actually began as um, 3DM, which was a um, a, a movement. It's a, it's a current movement and organisation that uh, drew out of England initially and spread across the spread across the world. Now here in Australia, it started as 3DM Australia, and uh, and right primarily. Uh, is the mission of um, Catalyze Change is to be able to equip uh, leaders and churches uh, for discipleship and to be f- outflowed into mission in our in our current context and uh, and really that's what our heart and our passion is is to be able to help equip leaders churches to how can we how can we see mission be effective um, and through the primary vehicle of discipleship so. That's what that's what we're about, and in that process, we we have a movement. We're Australian, but we we actually are part of a global movement in that sense, and got quite a lot of um, connections um, around the world through that. Yeah, fabulous. And um, Steve, you've been around for three plus decades, and so you have a lot of runs on the board. I wasn't wanting you to uh, mention too much about how long I've been around, but it's true, I've been around a while. Yeah, well, I can remember back to uh, youth ministry days myself, Stephen, you were very effective in that space. So let's talk about this shift because as I understand what you do, there's a high emphasis on things have changed. And you just then you talked about how do we articulate mission effectively today in Australia. Let's talk about the change first. How have things changed? Yeah, it's a big question and I don't profess to have all those answers. I, I can only uh, you know draw on some of the observations that I and colleagues have been making and as we interact with other you know church ministers and leaders and missiologists across the field. But obviously one thing that I think everyone um, feels similarly is that is that mission uh, has the mission of the church has not been effective as we would have hoped it to be. And that, and that many churches have um, struggled to get out of what's become a club ethos or a club mentality, uh, where, where whether it's through the influence of consumerism or whether it's because uh, we sort of got off track somehow along the way and 
left the rhythms of what it is to follow Jesus and got into um, an attendance an attendance mentality uh, where we get entertained at church and we come along and, you know, we, we want to hear a good sermon and we want a good children's ministry and we want worship to be the way we'd like it to be. And, and somehow along the way, I think that we've ended up in a situation where I think many church leaders are grappling with the fact that they we have either inherited or we've even helped create congregations where uh, there just isn't that engagement, that personal engagement in, in mission or in the outworking of mission. And so I think that that's something that, that certainly we're hearing a lot about. And, and of course, there's lots of pioneers. There's lots of evangelists and pioneers that are really seeking to change that trend. But in terms of, uh, if you like it, a church land, congregation land, there seems to just be a lot of that sense of uh, the want to do it, the vision to do it. Most church vision statements are all about reaching people, right, and making disciples. But when an honest analysis is done, how many baptisms have there been? How many people have actually come to faith, been baptised and going forward? And, of course, there are places where there's definitely fruit of that, but it seems like uh, the trend across the board is that it's a battle. Yes, that's a great answer. Thank you. And I know I did pose a very large question there. So are you suggesting then today, Steve, that what we have been doing in, let's say, the past 15 years, I I know we're talking longer, but let's talk about the last 15 years, whatever we have done in churches has not produced a Christ follower that would be on mission or sharing their faith, so to speak, as we would have expected. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think that's what that's what leaders are feeding back. That that there just isn't. Uh, there is that major challenge uh, of how do we get how do we get our congregations, how do we get our churches, how do we get our people to uh, really actively engage in the mission of the church and not just be the drive of the leadership. And I think from that point of view, I remember back uh, when we, we, we caught up at another time, I spoke, we spoke a little while back about the fact I, back in those days, Tina, when we were running about creating mayhem as youth pastors and uh, uh, there just seemed to be a real sense of um, leadership multiplication. It was like we we were flushed with you know key ministries where leaders were being raised and 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 I know in the church that I was at and Tina in the church you were at uh, we we were having to send people out to take on other roles and ministries because there was a real sense of the multiplication of the mission uh, and yet. And yet 15, 20 years later, uh, it seems to be that that ministry hasn't been the strong point of, of the church, whereas 15, 20 years ago, it probably... So what happened? What, what made that change? And I guess that's part of the, the observations around that, that I think what's happened is that we moved away from discipleship as the core frame core frame process and framework 
for building a church mission and perhaps got caught up with events and got caught up with programs and lost that lost that discipleship ethos that I think has now resulted in the challenge we've got. Yeah, that's a great summary and a great reflection. I mean, the church does seem to go in seasons, doesn't it? There seems to be things that God restores to the church or, or, or brings to light the lack and he seems to then shine a light on that and and then we move forward again. That That's true. If we think back, say, to those years ago where we did used to see more discipleship or more multiplication, as you just put it, what were some of the things that you saw back then or you can reflect on that was so different to, say, the last 15 years? Look, as I said, I, I just want to say I don't have all the answers. I can only go on on some observations and I can only share what you know my own sense of observations are and certainly something catalyzed change is is seeking to work into and and that is that I think it was back to what I mentioned earlier there was this move away from a discipleship ethos as the core Uh, so I think fundamentally when we separate mission from discipleship we end up with a compartmentalized approach and so you end up with a you know, human nature is to go to program. And, and so as a result, we, we lack that sense of, I mean, at the end of the day, discipleship is about hearing from God and obeying God. It's, it's following Jesus in where he leads. And I think that part of the, part of the disconnect has been that we moved away from a discipleship ethos where the investment of people and resources and funds went into the pouring into people who would then go and pour into others and then it's a, it's not the fast approach and I think that's why it's a bit counterintuitive so you know Jesus didn't go and do a massive airdrop and go on a recruitment campaign right he he just found a few poured into the few that they would go and reach others. And and I think that's where, reflecting back on it, I think that something got lost. We, we lost that sense of centering around a discipleship priority that, that, that you, you don't get mission if you don't start with discipleship or, or you get a mission that's actually programmatic and consumer-orientated. Yeah, gosh, there's a lot to think about with what you just said then, Steve. And and let's be honest, no one intentionally makes those steps away from discipleship. It's just, it's like you take one step and then there's a next step. And before you know it, here we are years later with a very different looking scenario. Let's talk about discipleship and how you're seeing that now as the the baseline, the the catalyst, so to speak, um, with changes needed in evangelism and mission. Tell us about this approach. It's a broad question you're asking because um, I think at the end of the day, it, it brings in, there are so many layers to this. Like one of the layers is when we think about what is discipleship, obviously the 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 
process of people going to church, hearing a sermon, engaging. By the way, I love all that. Like I'm a, I'm a, I count myself as a preacher and I love vibrant worship and the presence of God. So I'm, I'm not, you know, anti any of that. In fact, I'm totally for it. But the notion that, that going to church, hearing a message and being involved in worship will then just lead to the outworking of the mission of the church, I think is where we have a fundamental problem because you think about it, people hear a great message, feel moved by God, uh, think I should do some change in my life and then before and then they go into a busy week and then the following Sunday they hear another message and then they get challenged again. It's, it's not that people don't have a desire to grow, but I think that uh, with discipleship having edged out as a priority, it's meant that we've ended up with a situation where there is lots of hearing and not as much of the obeying. And so fundamentally, I think a kernel to this is that discipleship is, if you think about Jesus at the end of that great sermon on the mount, what does he say right at the end of that sermon? He says, uh, if you, he, he said, he uses the parable of the house built on either sand on rock. And he says, now, if you hear this and you don't obey that, you are like the man that built his house on the sand. But if you do hear this and you do obey it, you are like the man who built the house on rock. So Jesus was kind of getting at, look, I, he shared all these great truths on the Sermon on the Mount. But what he's about is the obedience to that truth, to that teaching. So I think somehow in our way we do church, it's about helping people find the pathway to being able to hear what God is saying and then, and then come to an obedience in what he's saying as he's saying it. Otherwise, we just keep accumulating content, accumulating hearing, and the and we don't grow spiritually because we're not obeying to the level that we're hearing. Does that, if that makes sense? And so, to me, to me, a process to help turn the church into mission is to help create. Uh, we at Catalyze Change we talk about uh, creating some environments where there is accountability but not control, where we invite people to. Uh, hear from what, not what the leader is saying, what God is saying, and then have an accountability to acting that out and living that out, but not being controlled in it. And so accountability without control is a phrase that we use. Uh, so I think that, uh, as I said, there's lots of layers and I'm probably hitting only some of them, but I think that it almost the process in how we go about helping people grow I think has been a major component of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. I want to ask you more about that accountability without the control because I think that just those two words are very comforting to me that you're saying that because I've spoken with many people over the years that would see the church or see this type of um, depth that we're trying to encourage growth, we're trying to encourage discipleship, can become very unhealthy, can't it? And very cultish. And in fact, there are there are 
uh, experiences across the world where discipleship has ended up being controlling and being and being like cultish, as you say. There was this thing called in America called the discipleship movement, which went right off the rails because it was about personal control. I think if I use an example of what I do, like I'm taking a group of leaders at Sydenham through a discipleship formation process. And by the way, when I talk about discipleship, I, I like um, uh, I, I, I like to think of it in in the way that Dallas Willard, um, uh, who's been a bit of a mentor hero for me in in spiritual formation, he talks about disciples in mission. That discipleship is not separated from mission, but the understanding of discipleship in at Catalyst Change. Uh, we use the phrase up, in and out, that discipleship is that calibration, that balance between the relationship with God, between the relationship with one another and the outwork engagement in, in the world we live in. And and unless the three are, are calibrated together, then that's not discipleship. And so when we talk about helping a discipleship process, we're actually talking about helping to form people to be obedient to the three priorities that God established. Uh, and so often if you think of church, when I ask church leaders the question, which one is the church concentrated or focused on, you know, what would the answer normally be? Well, up and in. You know, the out is the big challenge. And so by forming a discipleship, so if I take the example, getting back to uh, like with a group of leaders that I'm doing at Sydenham, I will gather together with them and I'll ask the question, what do you feel God is saying to you? Not what do, what do you think Steve's saying to you? Or what do you think, you know, someone else is saying to you? What do you feel God is saying to you? And they reflect on that. And, oh, I feel God is saying to me that I need to go and ring up that person and invite them out for coffee. Oh, great. Well, can I ask you about that in a couple of weeks? Again, it's invitational. It's not I'm going to do, you know, it's can and and so if if they're prepared for that accountability and then and then see this is where I think often without a discipleship process, we could have that happen and then that's it. It doesn't get revisited again. And the person gets busy and then they don't go and obey what they believe God was saying to them. And so in a couple of weeks, and they know that I'm going to ask, I've invited them. And so that's the accountability piece. So it's actually accountability. It, really, it's a facilitation. We're just facilitating the accountability of what the person wants to be accountable for in their growth. And so in a couple of weeks' time, I'll go, so how did you go? Did you? And if they say, you know what, didn't even think about it. Well, I'll have a laugh with them and go, yeah, you too, hey? We all, we all let it go. You know, we all, we all drop the ball. What do you, what do you feel God's saying to you about it now? Well, I really need to do it. Okay. So the process goes again. Now, what we're talking about is, is helping to train people into obedience without it being programmatic, without it being, you know, a sausage factory. Yeah. So when Jesus encourages us to, you know, take up our cross and follow him <laughs> and become like him, really, you're getting back to a New Testament model. Absolutely. It's going back to the future, right? Like it's, it's really getting back to what Jesus 
the model that Jesus demonstrated that it's not rocket science. You know, I often, I often think to myself, we're just really going stripping it back to what he was, you know, what Jesus modeled and demonstrated and taught. The idea of hearing God and obeying God isn't some nifty 2020s, you know, Jesus taught that in the gospels. He, he told people after listening to his sermon on the Mount, all right, now you need to go and obey this. Uh, and that's how you'll build the house on rock. That's how you'll grow. And so, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And look, to be honest with you, that's, you know, I, I probably like you, Tina, I've seen movements come and go. I've seen training models. I've seen church models. I've been around long enough to see lots of stuff come and go. And I guess I got to the point where I'm trying to go, well, hey, when you strip all that away, you know, what is it? What is it that God has given us to help us do the journey of following him? And and I think it isn't rocket science. Mm. It kind of really, it challenges me, this conversation, Steve, because it all begins when a person comes to faith, so to speak, they discover the reality of Jesus I guess what they hear at that time of what Jesus is asking of them really sets them up to be a disciple or it doesn't. That's a good insight. I think a lot of it is to do with what the what the model is or the philosophy is at the beginning. And so what we what what we let's say with a new believer, what a new believer gets taught that's what evolves. So if people get taught that, well, Christianity is about rocking up a church, hearing a good sermon, worshipping, being in a life group or a small group where it's primarily care and more teaching, but they don't get the the discipleship piece of learning obedience to the up, in and the out, in their personal and their community life, well, then that's right. That's what gets produced. Mm. And again, and, and as I think about that, Steve, I don't think that that's something that as churches we've intentionally done. We've just we've just moved a degree and then all of a sudden we find ourselves many degrees away from that. Yeah, that's a good, good, that's a good way of picturing it, actually. It's, I, look, when I speak with church leaders and and church teams, everyone has the same longing, and it's not like there's been a major paradigm shift. Um, you know, certainly in the evangelical church, there's not been a major paradigm shift around what the priorities of God are. I think it's it's been, and I also honestly think the Western church has this problem much more. Than, than the two-thirds world church or the global church because we have we have this big thing called consumerism and this big thing called materialistic comfort that is a major factor in the whole deal and and I think makes it a battle for people to want to really follow Jesus in the cost of obedience to him um, it's it's a, and unless that's taught, and unless that's mentored and taught and discipled at the beginning, I think it's a hard, hard one to turn back. 
Absolutely. I feel hopeful today because I'm understanding more of where we've been and, and where we are today and how I personally, but then corporately, when I think of churches in our nation, there are steps that we can take to actually get back to seeing what we all desire to see, which is people that are disciples of Jesus, that are living the Jesus lifestyle where mission is just a part of of what they do. So I'm going to drop some links today for you um, if you're really enjoying this conversation so you can just check out um, the things that Steve are involved in and there's many leaders having this discussion and so we'll link in some other podcast episodes that you can even go and, and listen further in the conversation. So Steve, Thank you so much for your insight and wisdom today. And anything on a final note that you would like to add? You know, just what you said before, There's, a, we're all trying to figure it out. And I, and like, I don't want it to feel like, you know, there are, there are, here are the answers. So I'm really, and I'm, I'm really um, keen about being part of that conversation that there are many trying to figure out, and there are also different models and means to to aim for the same outcome. And so, yeah, so I think uh, think being part of that ongoing journey and conversation is important because we're all we've all got stuff we're trying to figure out. Well said. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Bye.